0: dialing in from brooklyn the us today is chris speed chris is a nutritional scientist dietitian he's got a background in biochemistry and we're talking vitamin k2 did you know the daily recommendations for vitamin k are based on k1 here's a big one for you 97 percent of western populations both children and adults are deficient in this essential nutrient that's a real risk for building bones and a functioning cardiovascular system let's chat why
1: Welcome to the Body Science Podcast, bringing you everything you need, want, and should know about health, fitness, nutrition, and training. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Today's podcast is brought to you by Triandra Bowl Feel invigorated and perform at your best in and out of the gym with Triandra Bowl Test, ideal for anyone looking to naturally increase testosterone levels to help you train harder, improve strength, reduce body fat, and boost libido. One of the most potent formulations on the market, loaded with high quality therapeutic ingredients, Triandrovol is for both men and women wanting to improve their physique.
0: Welcome to another week at Body Science HQ, the home of Fit, Happy and Healthy. This week, we have someone really exciting to talk to, Chris Speed, nutritional scientist, dietitian with a background in nutritional biochemistry. You might be saying, who cares? This guy has done some great stuff with product development, research opportunities, and and, and massive in the messaging in traditional health back in the States. He's worked with companies such as Barlean's Organic Oils, Minami Nutrition, PepsiCo, we've all heard of them, Unilever, Nestle, DuPont. So Chris, let's not muck around. You are an expert on an ingredient called q 7K2 which is a, a version of vitamin K2. A lot of people out there in this fitness world that we live in will be going, who cares? Why do we yep. need to know about vitamin K2?
1: I think it's important to get right what you're actually talking about. People lump both K1 and K2 into the same uh, basket, and both are important. But for athletes, it really does appear that the K2, the menaquinone family of, of of vitamin K, that appears to be the one that provides and exerts most of the benefits that we're seeing, either from anecdotal recollection all the way through to really deep, hardcore science uh, has been shown to be you know highly efficacious. So it's first, you know, are you taking K1, which is in a lot of multivitamins? Uh, that's great for uh, coagulation. It's a lot you're more likely to get that in your diet anyway. It's really mm-hmm. K2 that's the problem. Most of us walking around the streets are highly deficient in vitamin K2 because it's so extremely difficult to get it in our diet. So for any athlete that's, that's wanting to prepare themselves in training, um, set themselves up for the best train sessions, to exert the highest VO2 max, to have the, the greatest recovery, there's a lot of underpinning reasons by why K2 really is a part of the nutrition solution. And it really is a very exciting nutrient for those who are uh, exercising at a very high level, or even not, if you're starting to get older and, and you're a little bit concerned about the effects of exercising on your body, which we'll go into more detail. K two can be really one of those uh, important solutions, and it just it t- typically goes beyond just you know bone strength and agility, but also it looks at things like energy levels. You know, so so are you actually able to exert? The, the best yeah. when you're when you're performing as an athlete and and although the research is definitely less clear around this and there's limited things we can say about the nutri- nutrients there, there's a great deal that um, we are starting to to be to be aware of
0: so when we're talking vitamin k2 we're talking about cardiovascular and bone support and you're now putting in recovery and energy
1: Exactly, yeah. So what actually happens is, you know, q 7 k 2 is the ingredient that, that we use, which is the only K2 ingredient that's actually been underpinned by all the research that exists on K2. So without us doing the research that we have on our form of K2, we wouldn't be able to say to you it's safe and that it actually exerts those bone-protecting and arterial support the, the way we now know vitamin K2 does. And, and we're talking about vit-
0: 22 research projects?
1: Yeah, approximately 20 studies and growing, and growing um, and and other ingredient manufacturers of K2 are also starting to use their own research to get uh, claims on products it, you know in certain countries we can say this supports arterial health in some countries we can you want to explain what that is that supports...
0: like what is arterial health
1: yeah. so our arteries are, are pivotal to our cardiovascular system and for an athlete uh, having clear arteries that aren't blocked is, is an important thing too many athletes assume that because they are very fit that, that that they don't need to necessarily worry about their cardiovascular system well yes exercise is really important to 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 actually um, have a very healthy cardiovascular system but the are a lot of incidences of, of cardiovascular disease in athletes and you know, it's 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 assumed that as many as you know one in 10,000 and one in 40,000 have immediate acute um, heart, heart attacks and so forth and, and it's amazing how many people can remember a famous athlete who literally had a myocardial infarction and died and you would think wow how, how could this be the case well it's not you know with vitamin k2 and other excellent nutrition you know we could be cleaning the arteries and what k2 does is As we get older, we have a preponderance to want to put calcium into our arteries, Mm -hmm. and it tends to line and start what we call an atherosclerotic lesion or a blockage of your arteries. With more calcium on on the atherosclerotic lesion, it literally impedes blood flow. And of course, to support the the biggest muscle in in your body, your heart, to support uh, all the key organs and liver, liver being a really important one, your heart and so forth, you know, having clear open arteries is extremely important for, for that endurance athlete. And that's why K2 really is an important important agent. And it's actually the only agent, pharmaceutical not, to actually show reversal of arterial stiffness, especially in postmenopausal women.
0: And that study was a long study too, three years, is that right?
1: It's a three-year study that that is, is is pretty significant. And there's also the Rotterdam study that actually showed that individuals who had high levels of K2, no, not K1, mm-hmm. they actually had lower risk of cardiovascular disease by about 50%. 50%? Um, by about 50%. And wow. actually a prospect cohort study in 2009 really gave an incredible uh, um, feedback to manufacturers and people who want to bring K2 to the, ma- to the masses like body science. And actually showed that for every 10 micrograms, which is a very small amount. And a lot of brands so have about 20 to say 50 micrograms for every 10 micrograms you're actually reducing uh, negative coronary events cardiovascular disease by about nine percent so the vast majority of products on the marketplace who have the Mini q7 form of k2 can really start making some bold claims where they're allowed to about how that product can really it further reduce calcification of the arteries, which is obviously not a good thing.
0: Wow. Live longer with ball That's what I say. Arterial stiffness. Okay. If I've got a stiff artery, which a lot of people do as they age, what does that mean when MeniQ7K2 starts being supplemented? What actually happens with that calcium or that calcification?
1: What it does is it literally stops the, the artery, which you, if, you, if you envisaged as a tube from being flexible. And what that actually does is it actually sends what they call a, a high pulse wave velocity. It's more like... A high pulse pulse
0: wave velocity, what's that?
1: <laughs> it's a little it's an electric cardiogram terminology that that cardiologists will would talk about and it literally shows how how easy is the blood flowing from your heart to vital organs in your body yep. and and when you have this high pulse wave velocity in fact you can actually buy machines now that you put your finger in and it can actually give you some understanding of what, of the shape of your arteries it actually shows that that these are stiffer and unfortunately due to the vitamin K2 deficiency in our society all through the world and especially as even in our younger is It's not just for older people. This stiffness leads to the development of atherosclerosis and just ultimate damage, wear and tear of your cardiovascular system. What we want is really supple tubing, essentially, which is like your artery, that allows blood to flow very, very easily to get to your vital organs, your muscles and your heart so that you can perform to your maximum as an athlete and and, and someone who's regularly involved in exercise.
0: So if I'm supplementing q 7 k 2 is it just disappearing? Is it what's happening with that calcification.
1: In certain trolls that are specifically looked at women, and some of them in a, in a in a postmenopausal state, what it actually literally shows is yes, the calcium is being removed. What vitamin K2 does is it acts as the director in the human body to drive calcium where it shouldn't be, in i.e. in the arterial walls, and actually where it should be. And if you think about it, obviously the bone in and teeth are extremely important, and and they are big stores, and in, and it's specifically the long bones in our body, there are certain parts there that whether it's the osteoblast and cut, that actually stores a lot of the calcium to regenerate really strong bones. And and, and that's obviously really important. But calcium is also involved in exercise, uh, in in muscle contractions. And although there is limited evidence to suggest this, having more free calcium may be better for certain athletes who are wanting to have as much calcium to be soaked up by the muscle to then contract. And if you think about it, your heart is the biggest muscle. So it makes sense that there should be calcium around that's not filling up the arteries, but making sure the muscles works like any muscle in your body, and obviously at the same time you're protecting and promoting optimal bone health.
0: And can we talk more about that? What, why is why is it protecting bone health?
1: It's important for bone health because osteoporosis and osteoporotic tendencies in our society are, are, are on are on the rise. Unfortunately, the rates of osteoporosis are increasing, and when we put a value to it beyond just the fact that it's not nice to have broken bones, <laughs> i.e. that the cost to society where people who 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 fall and and break their hip, or if you're a performer athlete taking you off the scene for a certain amount of time a lot of people really you know obviously need to have optimal bone health and support for for, for, for those reasons so now more than ever and as we are understanding the, the the nutrition side it's a real structure function concept if we simply don't have k2 in our body we simply don't drive calcium where we need it to be, which is to maintain not just strong bones, but bones that, that, that are able to bend a little bit and still be strong. And that's the other part of bone health that, that we typically we typically think that a very hard bone is good. Well, sometimes hard bones can fracture easily, so that there needs to be some subtlety there. And the way in which the calcium is brought into the bone, especially when it's directed by vitamin K2, uh, you know, a really, really, really important thing. Now, what, what it does, and, and this is really why vitamin K2 is a really exciting industry, is what we know the vitamin k2 does is it it actually activates specific proteins. Now one of them is called osteocalcium. It's that protein when it's activated by vitamin K2 that leads to stronger bones. That protein's one of its sole responsibilities is to literally direct calcium, take it from arterial lining where, where there's stiffness being occurred and driving it into uh, certain parts of the body where we do need them. There are other proteins that are that 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 are, are more related to literally cleaning our arteries. And the question you alluded to was you know are you literally taking calcium away? That's exactly what we're doing. And that's actually a complicated protein called matrix GLA protein or just mgp for short it's another protein in our body and when k2 activates that protein it then becomes literally almost like a cleaning agent and and it ensures that the calcium is going where it should be and where and hopefully where it's not
0: wow interesting so if i don't want to supplement vitamin k2 what have i got to eat a day like there's a lot of people out there that say we shouldn't supplement we shouldn't do this and fair enough like each to their own but i'm a believer obviously i've got a supplement company, so i'm a believer in supplementing how much have you got some foods there we need to eat
1: yeah it's it's it's, it's, I, I always like to bring this up when I'm talking to fellow dietitians that believe the only way we can get our nutrition is through whole foods. And believe me, the vast majority we can. It's a bit like omega-3s. Yeah, sure. Theoretically, we could we could a, afford to if we had the money, know how to cook fish, choose the right fish and eat it every day. And then Absolutely. that would probably be a great thing. But it's not practical. People aren't doing it. And quite simply, very similar to K2, unless we're getting the, the, a, a very small and choice n- number of nutrients on a daily basis, omega-3s being the me- most researched nutrient, and K2 becoming an, also a very exciting nutrient in, in how we know it can reduce the risk of certain types of heart concerns and, and bone concerns, uh, we can get it. Now, The the uh, our company that I represent is called Natto Pharma. And it's for a reason. The, the first word then NATO. Is that natto. a US-based company? Yeah, yep. it's, it's actually a Norwegian-based Norwegian? company. Okay. Um, but But we also have offices around, around the world. And um, NATO is a relatively unpleasant uh, j- Japanese food that's actually found in the north of Japan. And they actually found that there were these people that were living, and they had the highest rate of centenarians in the world. And also other people that were eating certain types of fermented cheese were getting high levels of K2 in their blood. Okay. So it's, it's very hard to get K2 and that's why really supplemental and, and fortified approaches are becoming something that more and more supplement companies and food companies are considering.
0: So Chris, are we consuming enough vitamin K2 daily in our diet? And the reason I want to ask you that... You mentioned omega-3 before, in the diet. So, if I want to get my omega-3 and I want to get my vitamin K2, planning my daily diet, how much fish am I eating? How much beef am I eating? Cheese?
1: Yeah. So, when it comes to omega-3s, you know, you're needing to consume not just between about 120 and say 160 grams of fish. It needs to be the right fish. Uh, things like tuna, salmon, fish that's fatty. They're yep. the ones that are going to give you enough. If it's other fish, things like tilapia, well, forget about it. You, you know, you'd be consuming so many fillets of fish every single day just to get the omega-3s that you require. And that's why omega-3 supplements and omega-3 fortification in foods is becoming a really big trend. Yeah, okay. Now, if you think that's hard, well, K2 is even harder. Um, there's only really one rich source of K2, and that's the North Japanese food called natto. It, it exists in extremely small numbers. I haven't so seen a lot actually... of meal plans here to be honest yeah exactly it's (laughs) it's 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 sort of um it's very difficult to find now if you wanted to get 45 micrograms of vitamin k2 daily alone which is what your clinical
0: studies are all based on isn't
1: it yeah Yeah. exactly yeah yeah yeah. i mean studies do start around 20 okay and then you but but as you get up to the very therapeutic level in in the low hundreds and that's definitely where you get the the even more powerful results Mm -hmm. now the amount of say beef that you would need to consume every day would be four kilograms four kilograms of beef just beef you need to have about five liters of, of milk to get that amount, um, five liters of yogurt, uh, 140 grams or eight yolks of egg, about 60 grams of hard cheese. And again, it's not just any hard cheese. You'd have to get the one that's that's got the fermentation process occurring to them. So it's really quite impossible to get what we have now shown and recreated in, in, in the science to be adequate amount of K2. There are very few nutrients that actually have the science that we see that is as compelling as omega-3s and in this instance, K2. And for that reason, K2 has really become one of the... One of and you poster a of why supplementation is a very serious and really important thing for people in our society to take very, very seriously.
0: What can I expect if I'm not supplementing vitamin K2? What, what, what are the adverse effects of this?
1: Yeah, the unfortunate thing about many underlying uh, issues with cardiovascular disease, which is obviously one of the things that, that that we really do take very seriously when it comes to giving people K2, is you're not really feeling the cardiovascular disease, the atherosclerotic lesions building up. It's nothing. Until you have the heart attack or you have the ischemic event where tissues in your body aren't getting enough oxygen, that's really the first time you're, you're, you're sensing, wow, I might be deficient. For bone health, I mean, obviously having a higher risk of, of tendency to fracture bones. We now we know in children, for instance, that uh, children with low levels of K2 have a much higher risk of fracturing their bones just in the playground. So um, How are kids getting ha-
0: vitamin K2? Because, I mean, they're not eating a lot of fermented cheese. They're not having four kilos of steak and they may go close on some days to five liters of milk. But I don't think that's something mum would uh, throw out there that often.
1: No, exactly. So, so it and the great thing about K2 is it's applicable to all age groups. Mm. All age groups of athletes, all all age groups of individuals who are, who are young or getting older and they want to protect their bones so they can not break their bones and have fractures and injuries and they can continue to perform well but the benefit is the bonus is at the same time you're getting uh clearer arteries that are less stiff that you may not feel but you don't really want to feel the, the extreme uh, atherosclerotic development because that's going to be a heart attack no that, that's, that's not the really big nice. one
0: we, none of us want that
1: no exactly and again athletes um you know should be as concerned about atherosclerosis and art- arterial stiffness than anyone because of the fact that deficiency is it runs so rife in our society.
0: So are we, are we caught up here with the processed food boom that's happening as well? I mean, is that obviously if you're talking um, arterial stiffness and you're talking blood flow, vitamin K2 is going to assist people whose diet may not be where it needs to be?
1: Correct. Exactly. Yeah. It's it, That appears to be from, from a lot of the clinical trials and now we very regularly. And that's what really gets us excited when we're selling it to the average consumer. They are getting that benefit.
0: Just off track, we've put 45 micrograms in Triangible, which is what a lot of your research was based on because we like to put a research level in there. Why would I put that... And I, that's probably a silly question come from me because I formulate it. Why would I put that in a therapeutic product aimed at assisting males with testosterone boosting, not testosterone? I'm talking within natural.
1: Yeah, the, the exact mechanisms by which any of the menaquinones and even the CoQ10s could have an effect on our testosterone level isn't really well, isn't very well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, it's very much more uh, elucidations of what kind of proteins might also need to be activated by a K2 To potentially allow our body to not just produce more testosterone, but to have it around and that where it actually has our effect on us. And I think this really touches on a broad topic from having more testosterone for just a sense of well-being, sexual wellness and these kind of things all the way through to just being a better athlete because q 7k2 as a as a part of the you know, as 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 that vitamin K2 also has been shown to assist in how each cell deals with free radicals. Now, if our body, if our cells, tissues and organs aren't dealing with free radicals, it's affecting how that cell may metabolize testosterone. It also May prevent testosterone from exhibiting it, exerting its beneficial effects to give you more more energy, more strength, and actually feel, feel feel really really well. Now, another thing that that people do find where they may be getting the benefit for this reason, as as necessarily a testosterone effect, is the fact that vi- uh, vitamin K two. The molecule is a very weird, very long molecule, and it's specifically been developed by bacteria in the natto food and the and, and the cheese food in a specific way, and the way in which the structure works is when the body consumes that it gets incorporated into our mitochondria in our in our cell now the mitochondria is the energy house of the cell that's where you're going to get effects from of testosterone coq10 and, the, and these type of things and what k2 does is it, is it works as a way of absorbing energy so that the body can metabolize produce uh, ATP, you know, adenosine triphosphate, which is in, which is our energy currency of it, of the body and every 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 cell. So it really can have a profound effect on how you are feeling beyond just bone health and heart health. It's also very very important that it, if for athletes, if you are taking or you're using certain types of steroids, this includes both anabolic steroids as well as corticosteroids. I mean yep. you think about it, how many times does an athlete take a corticosteroid across the counter because they've got an injury or they want it? They want to speed up the healing process. Unfortunately, most steroids will further increase calcification. We don't want the calcification to occur. And so for those people that are especially taking therapies for whatever medical personal reasons there are, there could be some additional reason for why they need to add K2 to their diet. Interesting. So
0: that potential poor cardiovascular health that you're talking about, it develops over decades. How long are we taking the MeniQ7 K2 before we actually start to see some results or before we start to go, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm out of the gray area here and I'm adding, what was it, 9%? per per 10 micrograms per, per year?
1: Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. And, and again, the, the studies were done on mostly postmenopausal women in this instance. And Can it I ask, that why, why did you talk... pick
0: postmenopausal women to do that study? Because obviously we're talking because... about a test booster here at the moment, and we've just talked yes. about steroids and we've talked about a whole lot of things. And now we're going to talk about postmenopausal women and research is...
1: Yeah, it, it's interesting, but it, it gives you a model to prove a concept around. And, yep. and when, mem- when women start to enter into their postmenopausal period, mm-hmm. their incidence of heart disease overtake men. Okay, so wow. actually, approximately three out of every five people are female dying from heart disease. So it's, is it, it right? is really important that we focus on, yeah, that, that we focus on, on the, the majority of people who are actually dying of heart disease. So it was d- deliberately chosen because that's a needy population. And we still believe that it, it could be highly applicable to many other individuals. It's a simple biochemical pathway in the body. When you have ample K2, remember, most of us are highly deficient in K2. You are, They are also markers. Also from a population, standpoint, epidemiological standpoint, where we're looking at societies, how they eat, what's statistically significant in their diet and how it's related to their health outcomes, then you bring in the other part of the population. These aren't intervention trials, but they still are very powerful at establishing what may be key in certain dietary patterns to achieve the, the outcomes that that we want. And some of these studies have literally occurred in, in, in 12 or so weeks that we've actually noticed not only improvements in calcification, but lowering and, and reduction in the promotion of a more of an elastic vessel so that the blood can be flowing really really well
0: you know I'm a 50 year old guy I love training I love having a bit of fun like everyone else does I my weekends are normally packed full of very social side, so I'm not always uh, on the best food plan, meal plan, we might say. How long am I on vitamin K2? And obviously, it's after talking to you, it's something I would like to take for the rest of my life, but how long am I on that before I'm actually making massive change or I can go, you know what, I don't have that issue anymore?
1: Yeah, it it can happen within a year or so, but most studies that that, that really lend itself to the research are long. I mean, the Rotterdam study that I mentioned in 2004 was done over 10 years, and that actually showed that those with the highest increase- had 50% less incidence of death. You're not going to find many nutrients that are going to exert that benefit any quicker. But actually, 10 years is pretty quick to lower your risk by a significant amount. Um, you're still a young man, and and you know when you're in your 60s, you, that's when you're going to reap the benefits and the reward of having the uh, the K2 in your diet. It's much the same as omega threes and any of the other uh, minerals and, and vitamins that we know are also important for their type of ailments and outcomes.
0: So if you did the Rotterdam study, is the one you mentioned? Is that right? Correct. Ten years, how many people are we talking about?
1: It was it was over one hundred and twenty two people, so it's a very nice very nice sample size. That's really why um, we were so excited about that when when that re- when that research came out, because it was really one of the first times we could show incredible benefits that we believed were highly re- reproducible globally amongst most age groups, ethnicities, and gender. and that's why there are increased people now trying to get an RDI for k two. Because if more governments are saying to their people, you need to consume at least X amount of K2, that's going to set a standard that food manufacturers, supplement companies will have to live to. And it also gives more importance and acknowledges that the deficiency is not a good thing to be, in and we need to we need to rectify it and turn that around.
0: That's incredible. So let's jump off the arterial stiffness for a while. Let's talk, go back to the bone. I mean, we've we've hit the older. You've started talking about the older population again now, which is bones are living substance, as I understand. Yep. It's comprised of a hard outer shell and a spongy in a tissue like a matrix yep what is vitamin k2 doing there
1: inside the bone so in your under your hip where, where you actually have a lot of bone marrow all right, in that part of the bone is where a lot of the a lot of the magic happens in terms of how the tie bone is reformulated with more of the cholesterol, with more of the calcium, should I say? It's there where K two has reacted and activated that protein called osteocalcin, and it's osteocalcin that does the job of making sure calcium is available in in uh, very easily to the tips and the head of the bone, and they're called the long bones. So your leg bones will have a greater tendency to have these being activated that's where and that's where you will see the k2 have its effect
0: so just throwing under the bus where you said in a uh... 10-year study, you can start to see some change within 12 months, even three months. How often is the the bone remodeling itself that this is actually going to make a difference?
1: Yeah, the, the, the bone can remodel as, as much as you know, several times a year. And it depends on what bone you're talking about. The bones yep. that, are, that, that have more pressure and stress on them tend to remodel themselves a lot more quickly. And for the bone, there are definitely very well-known healthcare experts that are seeing a reduction in osteoporosis likelihood and outcome. These studies are are as huge as the, as, as the heart disease outcomes, but it's definitely suggesting why K2s are really, really important. Anecdotally, on a global basis, we hear from scores of healthcare professionals where they say the first thing they give an osteoporotic person, it's got to be K2. In fact, typically it should be not just calcium, but K2 and vitamin D because vitamin D assists in the development of some of those proteins that have to become activated by vitamin K2 to do their job.
0: When did the world discover that vitamin K wasn't a single vitamin
1: it's been known for a number of years in fact um, vitamin k was discovered in 1929 k stands for coagulation and that's why all of the molecules within the k family were given the the name vitamin k in a way it's probably bad that we've lumped them both in because they (coughs) do do some similar things but they also do some different things as well now what k1 does is it activates proteins in the liver that control coagulation Mm-hmm. K2 doesn't work, it works extra-hepatically, so outside the outside the liver, and that's where it exerts its benefits. And that's why it can work on reversing arterial stiffness when you're consuming adequate quantities of that for long enough, and where it can also be assisting in calcium being deposited in the bone.
0: It's, it's really interesting. I'm, it's amazed, I'm amazed that everyone's not taking or supplementing it. You, and you don't, it's not one of those vitamins you hear people talk about.
1: No, it is. And, and unfortunately, uh, you know, when you look at some of the current RDIs, it, they're all lumped together. And in all cage, so it's approximately 90 micrograms to day but they're not saying well of that two-thirds or a certain amount should be k2 and a certain amount should be k1 most people are first brought aware of k1 when if they have a baby and the baby gets jabbed with some k1 because they want to make sure the baby is coagulating correctly uh, after a birth and then most people don't even think about it until uh, more recently when a lot of the press has come off talking how positive their their, k2 is and that there's a big big difference between it and the amount that's in, in our body when you consume k1 for an extended amount of time you don't get the same prolonged increase in your serum that you get with K2. Now, the reason why we talk about q 7 k 2 is there's two different types of K2 that's commonly available, q 7 k 4 and the longer seven form of K2. This has even greater long-term biological ability to do its job, The, the two primary things being to reduce arterial stiffness if not consumed in adequate quantities, and to support optimal bone health. So it's it's not only just getting the right K2 and getting K2 in general, it's making sure that you're consuming the most biologically active form of K2 so that it can be in your body and exert those positive benefits.
0: Here's a challenge for you. We we run 45 micrograms in our Triandra Should I be taking one tablet in the morning, one at night, thinking about the vitamin K2 side, or should I be taking two in the morning or how should it work?
1: I, I like to say, take it when you're going to remember. Yep. It's, the, it's the sum total of, your, of how regular and how, how, how good you are at doing it. If, thankfully, it's a fat-soluble vitamin, which means that the body does want to retain it quite well. Yep. So I would say if taking it two twice in the morning or twice in, in your evening is making your day easier and you're going to be compliant then do that. But hey, there are some people that do like to split up. If they're taking a number of other supplements, they don't want to take too many at the one time, and they do they, they would split them up that way. Either or, it's hitting the amount that you're recommending, which in, in that product certainly has a very good amount to support the outcomes that we've been discussing today.
0: Since we've been talking about older populations as well as fitness, is there any drugs or something I should be concerned about if I'm going to start supplementing with vitamin K2? Yeah,
1: listen, yeah well, we, we spoke about the anabolic steroids and the corticosteroids, and um, One thing that we get a lot of questions about, and it's a little bit off topic, but but I think important for people who may be taking these products is are statin drugs. They're one of the most uh, commonly prescribed statin drugs to actually lower cholesterol and there are a lot of athletes that have high cholesterol that are, that are taking this and people just out, out in in society are taking a lot of statin drugs well they do a lot of things they have a lot of side effects and, and and one of them is to have potential liver toxicity which is not good but one thing they do is they prevent your body from from actually producing the vitamin k2 in that long the vitamin k2 mk7 form as well as coq10 so what you're actually seeing now more than ever is people are are developing supplements with the whole concept of energy Feeling great we know that when people take statin drugs, it, ha- it lowers their CoQ10 levels and they feel tired and lethargic. Well, the same thing happens to, you know, vitamin K2. Uh, many Q7K2 should also be supplemented so that people are feeling that they've got as much energy as, as possible. So there are definitely some very commonly uh, used and prescribed drugs that need to be consumed. If you're bodybuilders or you, or uh, and so on, there's, there's a big push now to make sure that you're consuming at least the amount that you have in your product uh, up to higher levels, as well as having very high levels of vitamin D. That appears to be a great blend and again to not to beat the subject of omega-3s and k2 but they are such a great partner because we also know that uh, in in addition to making you feel good and as life insurance knowing that it's protecting your arteries and supporting your bone health you're actually feeling great and you have more energy all day it is important that you know athletes who have shown consistently higher risks of bone injuries and bone fractures quite simply have the lowest levels of k2 when when they're compared with other athletes that don't have that outcome Uh, in fact there was a a, a study uh, done of of sixteen collegiate athletes um, that actually showed that fifteen out of the sixteen had n- very low levels of of K intake. All the athletes had very poor low calcium intake, and that the twelve of the sixteen were simply not consuming enough vitamin D. So again, right. if you're consuming them in a the right way, yeah, you, you you can get the benefit. It's very easy to assume that athletes are supposedly all really healthy, and I think from a bone and heart disease standpoint, they need to take that the, their bone and the heart health carefully and think about well, what are the nutrients that they're probably going to be deficient in you know we we know that it's probably going to be k2 amongst many other nutrients and that's really where our industry can challenge the assumption that we can get all of our nutrients from food only, there's many examples that are simply not possible.
0: That's a very interesting uh, vitamin you've talked about for the last um, 30, 40 minutes. Just in wrapping up, what's your big sentence to everyone to go, guys? Let's let's consider the meniq seven K two. Like, what what is your your saving grace here? I mean, you've you've talked about per 10 micrograms, nine percent increase in. So you know we're talking 45. We're talking fifty percent life saving here. What, what are you going to throw out there? Let's get something bigger than that. Well, what do you got? It, it,
1: it, it, exactly. <laughs> I, I honestly can't come. I'm coming. I'm going to come up a bit short there for you. I'm sorry, but but um, when you think that that heart disease still kills more of us than it ever has, and it yeah. continues to be on the increase, and that certain um, types, such as sudden cardiac disease, especially in athletes, is 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 definitely something that they're not immune to. That itself is extremely compelling. I believe that we are just seeing the tip of the iceberg of what vitamin. K2 can do. Because in addition to those particular proteins that I'd mentioned that when they become activated, there's a host of other ones. So for instance, we know certain types of insulin resistance and, and tendency to not manage your sugar levels very, very well could also be affected positively by k2 and what greater way of providing energy to an athlete's body than to have correct sugar level balance and there's definitely many other outcomes that are that are still in their infancy but we believe is a part of the reason why it's it's so important from a from a cardiovascular standpoint and bone health standpoint and how how paradoxical is it that we have one ingredient that outside our liver works on completely different organs it supports the the bone health and it also supports cardiovascular health and it's almost like a a miracle nutrient in many ways there isn't a single agent found from a pharmaceutical organization or a natural food organization that can reverse arterial stiffness the way we've found and shown in k2 and it is something to get really excited about because um, unfortunately the majority of nutrition that we get from supplements can be obtained from food and although some of them are extremely important it's it, it, we really should be supplementing with the nutrients that we know are evidence-based that will deliver on their promise so that you have happy customers that are seeking much far greater health outcomes
0: now It's amazing what your company's doing. And look, I want to applaud you for investing in research too. It's tough for a company to do that today when so many people can just jump on board and make any claim they want. And I just want to tell people, MeniQ7K2 is the choice of body science. I want to thank you for being on today and uh, look forward to getting you back on soon to talk about some more interesting research you guys are up to.
1: Excellent. Thanks, Greg. Really appreciate being on and, and all the best to your great work. Thanks heaps. Bye.
0: Today's podcast was brought to you by our partners in Fit, Happy and Healthy, ASN, Nutrition Warehouse, DY Discount Vitamins, Fat Burners Only, Evelyn Faye, Mr. Supplement or find a retailer online at bodyscience.com.au forward slash retailers.